but the ones who still manage to overcome their anxiety and stay the course and be disciplined is the ones who change their focus because they've leaned on God. You can do this too, but you have to be so sick of your own excuses and BS that it doesn't matter what it takes anymore. Welcome to She Is Risen, the podcast, where the woman new or mature to her faith can come to learn, decompress, and heal the anxiety keeping her from living a deeper, connected, meaningful, and purpose-led life. I'm your host, Riley June, cognitive behavioral therapist and woman of God. Six years ago, I was riddled with anxiety, lost in New Age practices, and I've been blessed to be saved and go on to help thousands of others heal their anxiety and deepen their relationship with Christ. You are not alone. I am here to help. Tune in for the weekly therapy your soul has been praying for. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to another episode. I'm really excited about today's episode for a couple of reasons. The first one being is that my heart is really on fire for this podcast and delivering this information to you and just helping you to truly break free of anxiety once and for all. And number two is that I've had this whole new reignited passion for this work just on such a deeper level like there is a conviction that runs through me so deeply in terms of like service and doing this work with you guys and being a better mom every day like I really am striving in all areas of my life feeling so aligned so ignited, so on fire. My relationship with my husband is better than it's ever been before. Our level of communication is just like exponentially grown. It is so much deeper. It is so much more honest. And I don't share this with you to make you feel inferior in any area of your life. There's two things that we are really diligently working on, not only for the last 11 weeks of 2023, yes, there is only 11 weeks left in this month, but also something we're going to really be buckling down into in 2024, and that is really working on our financial um, health and equally working on our just overall health and wellness for ourselves and the reason why these two areas are something that like equally so ignited and excited to be focusing more diligently on these areas of our life is because all the other pillars finally feel aligned it doesn't mean that we don't have our bad days I yelled at my kids today I don't feel good about that but I share that with you to say that you can be in alignment and still have things not go 100% or look 100% the way that you want everybody else to think that it should be or you to think that it should be like you can be in full alignment simply because you have clarity And you have taken back control over your life. And that's the reignition that I feel in this work, in my life, in this podcast, because it's something that I have been striving to do for quite some time. And now that I'm not only just seeing results in it in my own personal life and seeing results of it in my client's life as they apply this, but I'm also learning and expanding and seeing things in an even bigger scope and lens that is only truly contributing to everything that we're going to talk about today. So I kind of like oversighted a lot of things. I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here in a minute, Um, but I'm going to like just give you some context as to what we're going to be diving into today, what you can expect, and equally how you can really take charge of these last 11 weeks of 2023, because here's the thing, and here's where the tangent comes in. Today's episode is going to be about the battle of consistency and it is going to be about three things that at the the very basic level you really need to learn to master above all else if you are someone who is anxious if you are someone who self-sabotages if you're someone who constantly beats yourself up if you're someone who is 
just always stuck in the same ruts or is finding yourself yet again in another rut or addicted to some form of vice. That could be social media, that could be drinking, that could be marijuana, that could be um, some kind of like sexual endeavor, like whatever your vice is right now. That could be food. If you want to start really genuinely breaking these habits, you're going to want to save this episode and re-listen to this more than once because I'm going to share some really honest, not always the easiest thing to hear, but honest truths and three things that you can do that you get to start with above any other big, huge, massive action that you could possibly take to really compact and build on that um, in order to break yourself free of your anxious ways and your self-sabotage and your vices and live this like you know everyone's so sick and tired of hearing or maybe it's just me so sick and tired of hearing this like dream lifestyle and for a while I was really I was off the bandwagon of that because because I wasn't willing to take accountability for the areas of my life that I felt like I was failing in and yes believe it or not we can in fact be failing ourselves okay here's where the tangent kicks in The reason why people have anxiety, the reason why I had anxiety, the reason why you have anxiety is because we're not willing to look at, I'm going to encompass myself in this because I, I am, I was in it. I'm on the tail end of getting out of it. And I see it so freaking clearly that I just want to speak direct life into it, direct life into you. And here's the thing. It's not always easy to hear. But if we don't start telling ourselves the truth, it only actually in fact, get, in fact gets worse. Your vices only become more of an even bigger problem because you have to cope more often throughout the day, more frequently. So it's like, it's like smoking, right? If you smoke to cope with your stress... And then you're, you get mad at yourself because you're smoking and you're mad at yourself because you're stressed. The problem isn't that you're stressed and you're smoking. The problem is that you're probably avoiding having conversations with people or making some serious personal changes in your life. And instead of dealing with that, you're smoking and constantly staying stressed, right? So here's the tangent, okay? I was having a conversation with someone today and we were talking about just like, Part of it was like the things that are going on in the world. The other part of it was just like certain things that this person is dealing with at this time. And I didn't like lead into this conversation from like a place of like, well, if you don't deal with this, like, you know, basically you're going to be effed. (laughs) Though I'm going to just context. It's kind of the tone that's going to come off of this. Um, But here's why we need to start being more honest with ourselves. When I was having this conversation with this person, it was mirroring how I was approaching my personal health, my mental health, like my physical health, my mental health, and my complete avoidance and lack of discipline that I had with my, like, with my body, with my mental health eight months ago. And so as this person was sharing something personal, something vulnerable, and I'm very empathetic towards this person because I literally know what they're going through. I was in this. I was in the trenches of this. I'm getting out of the trenches of it now. But it wasn't until I was willing to just stare my problem in the face. It wasn't until I, I was willing to start having the conversations that I was putting off. It wasn't until I was willing to actually just do something about my nutrition and do something about my lack of exercise and do something about the shitty position that I had actually like an 85% put myself in. Nothing was going to change. Nothing was going to change. And so as this person was sharing where they're at with me, they were at the point where they were also expressing like, I'm so sick and tired of this and I don't know why I do this. And, you know, I just wish it was easier and I wish it wasn't so hard and I just can't seem to figure out what was going on. And so I do what I do. I put my coaching hat on and I kind of walk them around the questions, right? I didn't get directly to this point. And then it finally just got to the point where it's like, okay, are you open to me being honest with you? And I said, yes. And I said, okay, if you don't start actually just waking up and plugging this time into your schedule every day to go for the walk or to prepare your meals on Sundays or a couple days throughout the week or to like actually stop when you're grocery shopping stop buying the things that you know are not serving you 
If you don't stop doing that, you're never going to get out of where you are. You have to be so annoyed with yourself and the things that you're doing in order for you to make a change. She And they looked at me and they're like, I know, but that's so hard. And I was like, it's just as hard as not doing it. Because if you continue to stick with your excuses of, well, I don't have time. Like I have four kids. I homeschool. I run a business full time and I'm in full time schooling. If I can somehow, based on my lifestyle, tailored to my approach of how I navigate with things, figure out the means to make a schedule work throughout the week where I can in fact get everything that I need done in, including my laundry and still clean up my kitchen four to five nights a week before I go to bed. You can do this too. It started, it all started with one of the three things I'm going to share with you today about how to break out of your own damn excuses and start making changes in your life. Praying. I didn't start on the treadmill. I didn't start addressing my nutrition. I didn't even start having the hard conversations that I was putting off equally with myself. I started with praying. You guys, if you are turning to Jesus, if you are turning to the word, if you have been here for quite some time and you're not praying, you have to master the art of these three things that I'm going to share with you today first before you take any other steps. The reason why prayer is free And then number two, grace, the reason why grace is free is because they are fundamental principles that you have to have dialed in. Otherwise, you're just going to continue to fail yourself and continue to fall off track and continue to have to start on Monday and continue to self-sabotage and continue to hide things from people, whether that's snacks in the closet or messages or things that you're feeling, right? You're going to continue to do those things. You're going to continue to have the excuses until you just start with praying. If you can't master the free practices that bring you that deeper connection with God, with Jesus, I by no means am sitting here also putting myself on some kind of number one pedestal for like, I am the best at praying. Like there's some days where I'm like, oh, I didn't pray today. I didn't read scripture today. And I do this in a frantic thing. Like, It doesn't have to be perfect, but when you make something an absolute non-negotiable, what you do is you change your focus. Praying for me and what I encourage my clients to do is to, I'm going to separate this. Praying for me means that I'm more willing to allow God to guide me than my own understanding. So when I'm really, when I get angry, I don't want help. I don't want somebody to talk me off the ledge. I don't want somebody to like try and calm me down. I want to be angry. How many times have you been angry and you just want to be angry and someone comes in and tells you like, hey, there's a better way. And you're like, no, like I'm just mad and be mad. Give yourself a time frame. I give myself one minute. If it's something really big, I give myself three and I let myself have my three minutes of anger. And then I say, okay, this isn't going to help me solve anything. So Is it actually worth it continuing to stay in this? And so I will pray over it. We do not, we are limited at any given circum, we are always, words, we are always limited at any given moment in time to based on our emotions, based on our perspective, based on our knowledge, based on our environments and what we're exposed to. Always. So when we pray, we welcome in the opportunity for grace, for wisdom, for a change of heart, for a different perspective. We welcome in something far beyond what we can see in that moment, the Holy Spirit letting God guide us. And just pray over your circumstance. When we started with the focus in this conversation with my friend about the world, it was like, yeah, but it's not even it's not even productive complaining about it or trying to piece together what we both know about the situation. Quite honestly, I don't really know a whole lot because my focus isn't in it. I know that that's not going to serve me. I know that I don't even have the capacity to do anything productive about it to help the situation. So I'm not going to spend my time in it. Right. And so if you pray instead over the situation happening in the world, you pray instead over your life or the thing that you're angry about or sad about or frustrated about or not doing that, you know, you should be doing and all the things. And all. if you're praying over it, you're allowing your heart to change in that. 
You're allowing yourself to be held accountable to a higher standard that you're not seeing or understanding or sometimes even welcoming in in the moment, right? And then grace being number two, if we don't start talking ourselves off the ledges more often, nobody else is going to, right? Sitting there avoiding the mirror or avoiding the closet or avoiding the people or avoiding connecting deeper in your relationships because you don't like how you look or you don't like what you're doing isn't going to serve you. It's not going to change anything until you start giving yourself more grace. And that's hard. Let's not neglect the fact that that is though a true statement that you also probably have told yourself it's hard but here's where people can take a turn here's where you can take a turn here's where I have taken a turn here's where I've witnessed clients take a turn from the space of self-sabotaging staying in a rut never getting out of anxiety and being able to overcome anxiety, get off medication, stop self-sabotaging, quit their vices, have deeper conversations, build better relationships in their life, actually love on themselves, taking care of themselves, improving themselves and their lives is simply this. It is the ones who get the help and change their focus every single time. And of course, first And of course, first and foremost, leaning on God. Because there will be instances in your life where you are striving for something and you completely get derailed. Oftentimes, this happens with accidents, incidences, or death. Somebody dies around you. There's an incident like a big one. Maybe you find out some bad news about someone else or yourself or an accident. And God forbid... Hopefully none of those things happen, but inevitably death will happen around you. And depending who that person is, it can derail you. It derails a lot of people for a good reason. But the ones who still manage to overcome their anxiety and stay the course and be disciplined is the ones who change their focus because they've leaned on God. You can do this too. But you have to be so sick of your own excuses and BS that it doesn't matter what it takes anymore. You're going to do it. And not from a place of survivalism either. This is the catch-22, right? So we think, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to quit. I'm going to do. I'm going to do it. That's still from a state of survivalism. I'm going to help you to differentiate the difference. If you want to lose weight and you're like, okay, I'm waking up tomorrow. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get on the treadmill and you're pumping yourself and you already have to talk like this. Honestly, sometimes in the beginning, whatever gets you going, do it. Just do it. It's not always about in all the spiritual development, personal development. It's like, I get to do this. Yeah, sometimes you just have to tell yourself you have to do it. There's a lot of times where I've wanted, I've, I've had to force myself to record podcast episodes because I didn't want to do it. But because I've been putting one out consecutively for over three years, I have over 27,000 downloads. And that number is actually exponentially skyrocketed in the last four months. So it's like the only reason I've been able to lose 20 pounds is because I've gotten up even on the days where I didn't want to do it, where I waited till nine o'clock in the evening and said, my minimum, my bare minimum is three days a week for exercise, non-negotiables, three days. That's it. I could compute that. Oh, at the very least I could do three days. There were three of those days where I didn't want to do it. And now I'm at the point where I'm doing it five, six, seven days a week. Most, most weeks I'm doing it six, seven days a week. Because you get to the point where the discipline is so ingrained in you, you couldn't imagine your day without it. Just like Jesus. I couldn't imagine my day without Jesus. And the only reason I can do what I do today is because I work on first and foremost sustaining that relationship with him and praying. I have watched people do incredible things and absolutely crumble at the sight of incidences, accidents, or death because they didn't have Jesus in their focus. I have watched people who were relatively stable completely get swept up in the last week over everything happening in Israel. And these are people who don't typically give two shits about international stuff. And they're so consumed in it. And they are people without Jesus. Because someone in the word, someone in God knows that God has 
He didn't say to the man, hey, man, you should go start this war. He's not the one. He's not the voice of the enemy who's invoking war. God doesn't invoke war, but he understands there's a spiritual battle. And he also understands that because people are corrupt by nature and the enemy does have have a say in people's lives, that someone's going to start one. But he also knows how it's going to end. He knew it was going to happen and he knows how it's going to end. And he also tells us to love our enemy like our neighbor. So if we can't learn to pray over the ones who are lost in the enemy's voice right now, and what else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? This person is so consumed, not the one that I had originally talked about in the beginning of this, but just another person that I know. So consumed in this stuff happening in the world. It brings me back to when I was, to 2020, when I was down every rabbit hole, staying up till four or five in the morning, needing to get up at seven because my kids were getting up. I was cranky as all hell. I was drinking way too much caffeine. I was like eating because I didn't know what to do. So hyper anxious. And just like feeding my mind with like all the rabbit holes of all the things. Yeah, a lot of them aren't conspiracies. A lot of them are true. And when you start unweaving the fabric of reality, it is absolutely insane. You will literally feel like you're going insane and it will take you on directions you never imagined you would go. Like the amount of things that I have witnessed about child trafficking is horrendous. It is so, so, so upsetting. But also throwing myself into that when I am not in any position to do anything about it, nor do I even necessarily have an interest to like go and try and rally up people to to do something about that. Like that's just my calling isn't in that, right? There's two things we cannot control in our lives and it is our interests and it is our challenges. And God knows yours. To me, that blows my mind. I could do a whole, I'm going to do a whole episode on that. But you don't choose those things in your life. You don't choose your interests and you don't choose your your challenges. They find you. Now, in laws of karma and, and universal laws will say that you, you created, you manifested your challenges just as much as you manifest the good things in your life. But imagine the person who gets raped telling them, yeah, you manifested that. That's in, that is like insane. God knew someone would be corrupt enough in your world that that would unfortunately be something that would happen. But he also knew that he never left you and he knew that he would have a bigger plan for you. You didn't ensue that. He also didn't want that for you, but he also never left you in that. Right? And that's hard. That's hard. You're addicted to something. You're struggling with something. You're making excuses about something. So your strength and your courage and your ability to change doesn't have to come from you. You're in it. You're in the grind of whatever it is that you can't stand anymore. He knows it. He's watching you. He's witnessing you. And he's there waiting for you to lean on him. We have 11 weeks left in 2023. You have an incredible opportunity to really buckle in on this. Because in 2024... Here's the thing. The world is going to get louder. It's going to get noisier. It's going to become more chaotic. There's going to be more stuff about the economy and interest rates and money and digital system implementations and more um, more sovereignty taken away. Though, like, let's be honest, we don't really even have that anyways. Thank God we do for in Jesus. That's about it. We have spiritual sovereignty in him. Right? There's going to be more of this. There's going to be more war. There's going to be more distraction. There's going to be more activism. There's going to be more AI. There's going to be more of this stuff. If you don't learn to start today getting a hold of, pardon my language, but the shit that you're allowing to run your life, the food and the TV and the social media and the anxiety and the excuses and not communicating and not buckling in on your nutrition. I'm not saying go start a diet tomorrow. I'm not saying go join a running club tomorrow. I'm saying start with praying. Praying over yourself because you have an attachment because the enemy is also working in that with you. The enemy is using spiritually your trauma to attach you to your excuses and you mentally and emotionally are giving into it and attaching yourself on another two levels to your trauma and then physically you experience the byproduct of that however that looks hyper anxious overweight not sleeping 
not having deep relationships equally with yourself, neglecting yourself, rejecting yourself, right? These, these are real things. And it's so fascinating to me as I study even more in depth about behavior in psychology. It's, it's, it doesn't matter what your thing is. Everyone has a thing. And the way out is the same. To pray so you can sustain. Dive into the word so you can sustain. And to change your focus. If you focus on, I can't do this. You're right. You can't. If you focus on, I can do this. You're right. You can. You're right either way. That's the beauty about subjectivity and perception. Is that you're going to be right. Whatever you want to focus on. If the stuff over in Israel is causing so much anxiety in you. I'm not saying, by the way, I also want to context. Like I'm not trying to come off as like not empathetic about that. That is horrendous. That shouldn't happen. There is serious things happening that re- like there isn't words for that. And if you're putting all your focus in that and you can't even take control of your life when you don't live in that country, take the blessing for what it is that you don't live in that country and start doing something to improve your life. Because here's the catch 22 on the positive front is that when you buckle in and work towards changing your life, the people who surround you get to be influenced by the productivity and the positivity and the change that comes from that place, the love, the compassion, the empathy that comes from that place. Your kids, your husband, your coworkers, your clients, the people that you surround yourself with, they will be influenced positively because they'll genuinely want to be around you more often. And they'll start asking, hey, what are you doing? What's this magic pill? And it's like, it's nothing or it's Jesus. (laughs) And I started changing my focus. I was working with a client a year ago and her biggest thing was her body image and her self-image and she was so trapped in it. Her mind was so fixated on it. Emotionally, she was fixated on it. Physically, she was fixated on it. So she'd wear like baggy clothes all the time and she didn't ever want to look at herself and she would eat really terribly and she had a lot of stuff in her past that led her to those decisions in this place in her life. And when we started with prayer, we didn't even get into the trauma for, I think it was almost like 12 weeks. We just worked on reinforcing prayer. And she'd share with me when she was spiraling and she'd share with me when she wanted to sabotage. And sometimes she would share with me she wanted to sabotage and we'd talk through it and she would still do it anyways and that's okay. We would pray over it. We would pray over the attachments. We would pray over the enemy. We would... We would um, dispel him from her energy. She would pray in the name of Jesus. She would call in the Holy Spirit. And what happened was, in the beginning, nothing really changed. After 12 weeks, she had almost completely, not just quit what she was doing, but what I help my clients do is find healthier substitutes. So her thing was, and not coincidentally, my thing was also cookies, high sugar items, late at night, doing these like binges at night. She wasn't doing those even half as often. And when she was, it was with like, um, with vegetables. So she just replaced an already coping mechanism that she had, which by the way, you have those built in too. When we figure those out, we find healthier substitutes. And then eventually you just it's just not appealing anymore. So you just stop doing it over time. You are not, you're no longer attached to it anymore. The enemy's not working in that space. Jesus is. The Holy Spirit is. But yeah, it's a mental battle. You literally, God molds you as a warrior as you go through the trenches of the thing that you're equally doing that you keep beating yourself up for not stopping. But you have to work with prayer. You got to work on the word. That is the foundation of everything. I'm going to be kicking off the Destiny Moment program on the 6th of November. You are welcome to join us. Phase one is literally diving into this. 
building into the fundamentals of prayer and grace. And yeah, there's going to be some unpacking in there. There's going to be some unpacking in there because you equally build self-awareness. One of the prayers I pray every day, and I say this often, and I love to reinforce this is, Lord, share with me, reveal to me where I or the enemy is working in my life, hindering me from serving you in a greater capacity. I say this every single day. Not always first thing in the morning. Sometimes it's in the middle of the day when I realize my anxiety is getting high because I've had probably had caffeine first thing in the morning, which I know doesn't serve me very well. And so it's a learning process. It's always a learning process, you guys. You're never going to be perfect at it. And you're especially not going to be good at it the first, honestly, 12 weeks. Destiny Moment Program runs for eight. So we're going to make some really big strides. You're going to end off this year finally feeling like you are changing. And then the last two weeks of this is going to be in the new year. We break for Christmas. So you have time to integrate. It can feel very frustrating when you're in a program. And this is one of the things that I observed running programs for the last six years is that when you have that support consistently, whether that's eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, eight months, whatever that looks like, and then there's no break period in, in there somewhere, then after it, when you have had that and you've relied on it and it's gone, oftentimes people tend to sabotage and fall back to their old ways. This is a huge component or huge reason why one of the biggest components of my work with you is reinforcing reinforcing and encouraging your relationship with Jesus and the word. Because after you work with me, you shouldn't continue to need my help. Right? Depending on how honest you get with yourself. And so when I you have that space to really just be accountable where that thing, that crutch, right? Our vices are our crutch. Our excuses are our crutch. When that crutch isn't there and you are required to apply the things you've been learning and then we come back and the crutch comes back for a little bit, we get to do some evaluation, you're going to find right away where your blind spots are. So I love running programs this way. So it actually ends up being a 10-week program because you still do get access to Voxer with me. I needed to go on this tangent today. I've been going on this tangent a lot and I've had a lot of my clients like really like brace themselves in this as I've had this conversation with them too. Because here's two things that I am not willing to sway on. One, radical honesty and radical accountability. And so if you're ever going to get further in your life, whoever you interact with, on any level, whether you're investing in them to tell you the truth, especially if you are, or if you're married to or in like, like your kids, like you have to have this as a foundation, radical accountability and radical honesty, or you're never going to get anywhere. Go and take 30 minutes, interrupt your scrolling time on social media, comparing your life to everybody else on your feed. Interrupt that time for a minute and go and spend 30 minutes just looking up high-level entrepreneurs, high-level athletes, high-level celebrities and their daily habits. Do they have coaches? Do they have mentors? Go and research this stuff. And what you'll come to find is not only consistently across the board that they have coaches and mentors, but also that they have routines. Or at least the coach that they work with has some website where they'll talk about their top principles or top tips or top whatever. And you have to understand that you don't need to be a celebrity or a top performing athlete or a head entrepreneur. You don't need to be those things, especially if there's no interest in it, right? Two things you don't control, your interest and your challenges. You don't have an interest in those things, that's fine. But if you want to get out of the rut you're in, those principles still apply. Even if, for me, I was talking about purpose last week. I was like, I started this all, like 
reinvigorating myself into this work. I went through a season for five years where I was on fire, on top of it, went through a massive spiritual shift. In the beginning of that, needed to like really go back down to the principles of personal development work, praying, grace. Now I added in scripture, which was honestly so freeing, not having to go to everything else. And then doing the mental emotional checks. Excuse me. And then um, when I went through a huge shift again, almost a year ago, I had to come back to these basic principles again. But thank God I knew them. And thank God I had Jesus. And thank God I knew that I wasn't going to get anywhere until I started rebuilding my um, work in prayer. You have to be willing to start there. If you're not willing to do the easy stuff, you're not going to be able to sustain the harder stuff. You're not going to be able to manage your emotions. You're not going to be able to quit your vices. You're not going to be able to have the hard conversations that you're avoiding, that you know you need to have. Because also on the other side of all of that is so much more freedom, is so much more joy, is so much more balance. Your body will naturally start regulating your hormones. The amount of women that I see today who are on like hormone, um, there's so many things, just like hormone stabilizing products. If we just started helping you, if you just started helping yourself, lead with prayer. Right away, you're going to start bringing your cortisol levels down. Right? There's so many studies, so many studies. Dr. Joe Dispenza has, you can access tons of these through him about the power of meditation. Prayer is the same thing as meditation. You go into a meditative meditative state to pray. Cortisol levels start dropping within the first minute of people who are meditating and praying. And so if you can start with that, your body's going to calm down. Your nervous system's going to calm down. Your brain's going to slow down. And when your brain and your nervous system and your body slows down, your inflammation starts to come down. Your inflammation starts to flare up, like your body starts to become inflamed because it thinks it's under attack. So if you're doing something spiritually, which is where everything starts energetically, right? In order for the world to be created, it had to start from energy. God is a source of energy, right? Everything in your life started from an idea. That is energy. So in order for you to kick the habit that you are sick of, to stop doing the thing that you are sick of, you got to start with prayer. Start lowering yourself naturally, stabilizing yourself naturally. You're going to boost your serotonin levels. The next thing is going to be movement. Movement, prayer and movement. You want to improve your life? Start there. Sprinkle in some grace. Because everybody, even myself, at this very given moment, is always working through something. We're always working through something. Right at the beginning of this episode, I said, like, well, we've been doing this for a little bit now. Um, and into this end of this year and into next year. Financial stability and health, huge ones for us. My husband just recently ended up in the hospital for four days because he was bleeding out. He was hypervolemic, which is basically to the point where you've lost so much blood that your organs start to fail. I went on my trip. My biggest fear, what's kept me home for the last three years is coming home or going away and him having an episode of some degree where it was this like major dire situation. Went to Arizona, amazing experience. Halfway through that, he started having problems. I already intuitively knew what was happening. By the time I got home, he was literally needing, he needed an ambulance. Thankfully, I just drove him. And he had to have a procedure and two blood transfusions because he was like literally hours away from dying. Like an hour, an hour. By the time he got the transfusion, he was like an hour away from dying. It was absolutely insane. I'm still processing that. But one thing that I know for certain is that I can either allow that to be something that stays with me where I get angry and mad and frustrated and emotional and anxious about it, or I can change my focus and I can pray over the things that I cannot control. I can't control if something happens to him. I can't control hardly if something happens to me. But what I can do is work on my health and work on grace and work on prayer. 
and strengthen my understanding in something that is bigger than me. And you can do that too. And movement is a natural production of balancing hormones and dopamine. Our brains are so freaking fascinating. Oh my goodness. I'm like lit up. I started combining my um, textbook studying for psychology and um, exercise daily. And so it has been so incredible to learn about the brain on like a molecular level. Oh my goodness. You guys like interest, right? Here's an interest. The thing that led me to continue on this path of entrepreneurship and helping people with anxiety even with a change, a huge change in spiritual beliefs was the fact that people and behaviors have always fascinated me. So I don't know why psychology didn't occur to me like years ago when I went to school for two years for business and um, finance. But here we are. Anyways, I needed to do it now, I guess. So I digress. I'm going to end this here. If you want to change your life, change your focus. If you're not willing to change your focus, start just getting really excited about being where you are. Okay? It's that it, it is that easy. It is that easy. Here's the thing I learned about our brain. Your brain doesn't care how you feel. I was reading this today and I literally did a, oh, I got so fired up. I was so excited about this. It was like, yes. Your brain doesn't care how you feel. Your brain doesn't care if you think something's hard or if you think something's easy. Your brain does not care. What your brain cares about is what you choose to do. So if you choose to sit and focusing on, I'll use exercise for an example, because I went through this one the other day with myself, right? Everyone's always going through something. Even when you build in the discipline, there's going to be days where you have to do it versus, oh, I just get to do this. This is so great. I digress. Um, So the other day I was like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. I don't have time. I don't know how I'm going to get this in. Like I need to work on my textbook today. Like I need to, I need to read my textbook. I need, I'm going to double it up with my exercise, but like Noah's being really particular today. And like the kids are all over the place. And like, I just don't feel, and I was so in my head, my brain didn't care whether or not I got on that treadmill and read the textbook or not. It didn't care. I cared. My emotions, I let my emotions be swayed instead of just saying, okay, Phil's going to be home at six. We'll have dinner. I'll do this at 8 from 8 to 8.30 or 8 to 8.45. Great. It's in. Instead, my brain just already interpreted, okay, we're not doing it. It's like move on. And I'm sitting there building like building myself up with anxiety because I'm focusing on how I'm going to get this in instead of just recognizing I'm just going to do it. I'm going to have to do it. Yeah, sometimes you have to do things from 8 to 8.45. That's it. Your brain doesn't care. You, we, I, we make it out to be so much more complicated than it is. But when you do do the thing, your brain goes, oh, okay, we're doing it. Great. And that's how we build the muscle of consistency. Because then your brain goes, okay, it's 6 a.m. We're doing this thing. This is what we've been doing. We're just doing it. And then you're like, oh, yeah, automatic programming. This is that rewiring, reprogramming, the subconscious reprogramming. Because then your brain goes, okay, it's 6 a.m. This is when we get up. Okay, cool. Yeah, and we're going to go on the treadmill. This is what we're doing. Like, yeah, okay, I'm getting up. I'm going on the treadmill. Okay, this is great. Or in the middle of it, in the trenches of it, like, oh, I got to get up and I got to drag myself there. This is me, like, honestly, every morning. My thing is waking up early. <laughs> I'm, so I'm either going to accept that I don't get up early and make adjustments accordingly, or I'm going to continue to battle myself with the enemy and allow this anxiety to continue right? So I want you to take my examples and I want you to fill in the blank for you. And if it doesn't apply at all and you're on top of it and you've got this and you're crushing this, I want you to take this whole episode, scrap it and just celebrate. Celebrate yourself. If there's something that you, one thing even, that you have been beating yourself up about for a probably long period of time now, if you really honestly look at it, it's probably been a while. Either choose to do something about it Or have the good grace to accept that that's just something you do. I have learned that I just don't do very well with showing up to things on time. So I either need to accept, which I've chosen to accept, that that is the case. I'm either going to warn people ahead of time. Or I'm going to like radically prepare to leave like wildly earlier. Is that proper English? 
I'm also coming to learn that English is not my strong subject, you guys. I was like, oh, this semester is going to be so easy in school because I have English and this like super fun, exciting religion class that I'm learning about. All the religions is an oversight and like basic psychology. This is going to be so easy. Mm -mm. If you've ever read my posts or my emails, you're probably like, no, Riley, like English is going to be a challenge for you. And I went into it thinking this is going to be a breeze. Oh, boy. My teacher's like, like the feedback. It's so raw. And I'm like, I don't want to read this. And this is hard. This is like a stab in the the chest. But you know what? I'm going to thank you. Thank you. Because how are we supposed to improve if we are radically accountable and radically honest? So my job now, I've signed up for all the introductory classes to ensure that I have the support and the best possible outcome in what I can control to improving this thing that I know I need to work on. See, change your focus, change your life. Like I, I could have just like, psh, that was it, that was episode. But I wanted to take you on this journey of it because I really wanted you to understand how in fact this can apply. So if you are looking for help with this, jump into my DMs jump into the destiny moment program whatever you need come and say hi share with me where you're at if you're tired of your stuff your shid and you want the help the destiny moment program is what we're going to be doing why is it the destiny moment program because this is the moment in your life where you chose and decided that your future is worth living for that the path and the purpose that god has designed for you is worth living for. It is the moment that your destiny starts because you reclaim it from the enemy. So this destiny moment program can either be this moment for you where you choose to reclaim your life from the enemy or you have the good grace to decide that you're okay with exactly what it is you're dealing with. Neither one is wrong, by the way. Your brain doesn't care. Remember, remove their emotion. Okay, we're doing this. Or, okay, we're not. This is this is good, right? I love psychology. I love behavior. I love anxiety. It's so much fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you really got gathered something from this. I hope it wasn't too harsh and, you know, you were able to receive this with grace. If I triggered you, honestly, I'm glad that I did. I had a coach a couple of years ago tell me, Well, the only reason nothing's happening for you is because you don't want it bad enough. Because you're not willing to do anything for it. And that hurt. And I was mad. And it took me almost three weeks to like actually talk to her. I had, I kept like lying and saying, oh, I'm busy. I'm sorry. We have to reschedule. This was weekly calls. I rescheduled her for almost three weeks, two and a half weeks. And finally we got on the call and she was like, I pissed you off, didn't I? And I was like, yeah, you did. That one really took me a while. She's like, I know. It usually does. But if I didn't say it and you didn't get mad, you weren't going to do anything about it. I was like, you're right. I know. It's true. And it doesn't mean that I like it anymore now, even though I know it's right and true. So I hope that this episode was that for you. That it was exactly what you needed to hear. And for once, it wasn't what you wanted to hear. You can kick your bad habit to the curb. You can overcome that feeling that you're constantly failing yourself or your kids or other people. You can. Change your focus. Lean into your prayers. Lean into the word. Give yourself way more grace. Because everyone is fighting some kind of silent battle. That's also you. But also know that you can choose to get out of it too. One step at a time, one degree shifts at a time make up a world of a difference. All right, this is going to be one of my more like bolder episodes, but I love you guys. I'm cheering for you. I'm cheering for your success. I'm cheering for your grace and I'm praying over you. Let's pray together, shall we? Dear Lord, may the ears that hear this episode, may the hearts that feel this episode, may the souls that are touched by this episode know that they are so loved. Lord, may you continue to reveal yourself in their lives so that they can see the true miraculous ways in which you are working with them, alongside them, supporting them, loving them, holding them up, guiding them with by taking their hand. May you show them that they have never 
been left alone and that you have always been near and close to their side. Lord, may you continue to convict them in the Holy Spirit, in their hearts and in their minds, to see the enemy in their life for who and what that is. And help them to see you more clearly too. Help them to lean more into you because you are the Alpha, Omega, and Almighty. You know the end and the beginning. And may they continue to seek out Jesus in your name because we know you have a plan for them, Lord. I know that you have a great destiny for them and one that is far beyond this world, a treasure that cannot be placed with dollar signs or material items. The salvation that you offer them, may they see the importance with, within that, within you, as their life is not small, but their time here is a grain of sand on the vast beach that is eternity. And may you just continue, Lord, to love over them and help them with anything that needs to be healed at this time in their life, Lord. I know there is someone listening right now who is really having a hard time in conversation with a spouse, with a, with a very close loved one. And may you just continue to help both of them see empathy and compassion and grace and meet in the middle and meet with you so that it's not just a resolution quick and swift but it's something sustainable. Their hearts open and soften. I know, Lord, that there is someone listening to this who is struggling with their health. And Lord, may you help them to realize that the strength that they need to persevere through treatments, results, tests, answers, discipline. May you help them to know that the strength does not need to come from them, does not need to come from their head, but can be felt in their heart, through their prayers with you. And Lord, that I know that there is someone listening to this who is struggling with their finances right now, and they just don't know how they're going to make it through. And Lord, may you be the one to bless them, as you always have. May you help them to see how you have and are already blessing them. And may you be the solution so that they can also rein in the discipline needed and necessary to go on to do even greater abundant things. Because Lord, we know that these challenges that you have placed with these people, that it is also a part of their destiny. Change that they will go on to spread truth and grace and positivity surrounding too in this world for others. So that others do not need to struggle like they have too. May you help them find the purpose in their challenge, their strength within their challenge in you. Amen. I'll see you next time, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found the faith and encouragement you needed to rise up and conquer. I am on a mission to impact 500,000 women with this work, and I need your help to do it. If you could leave a five-star review and share this with a friend, I will be forever grateful. Remember, Jesus is the only name that can conquer all darkness, and it is up to you to choose him daily so that you can live a purpose-filled, Holy Spirit-led life too.